FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, is brought to you by, well, you. The listeners of this podcast are its main driving force. If you would like to support FGC Hollywood, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash forward FGC Hollywood, as well as leaving us nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. So without further ado, enjoy the show. FGC Hollywood, stay classy. Google is like the, uh, they're the ones that made up the uh, Melty Blood Netplay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, episode 15. My name is Max Pleister. Joining me as always, well, kind of always, usually always, is Pringle the One. Hey, Happy New Year, my friend. Hey, Happy, I mean, some dude is motorcycle out right now. Oh, man, those guys. <laughs> happy New Year's, man. Yeah. Uh, happy Holidays, too. I don't know if uh, that was last week, right? Was it? I don't even remember, man. I think it was. Yeah, a bunch of holidays. Oh, if okay. you're, so I guess if you're, if you're Jewish, you celebrate Hanukkah. If you're Christian and the rest of the world, you celebrate Christmas. Yeah. And uh, who, what are you if you celebrate Kwanzaa? Who's that for? Uh, Kwanzaa is really mostly a celebration of African heritage. So it can okay. be anybody, honestly. It's not really like I don't, I, it would, it's one of those weird type of things where it's kind of like a holiday, but it's more like, a, it's not like a religious type of thing. Cause Hanukkah and uh, Christmas, I still say is pretty much kind of religious it comes like from a religious background but kwanzaa mm -hmm. it's not even it's not even that old uh but it comes mostly from just uh celebration of african heritage it's like happy huh, thing that's cool. like yeah saying i, I like i want to celebrate it one of these years but it's like uh like it takes like a like a week long <laughs> like it's a week thing <laughs> each day is a specific theme like uh i think one could be uh family and togetherness and uh, forgiveness and love, these type of things. So there's like, it's a very expansive uh, celebration. I feel like more people should celebrate it or try to, but I've not actually met anybody that does it. <laughs> so right. like, I've heard uh, of it. I just, I don't know a lot of people that. Yeah, yeah. You, not... you know what I think with holidays, man? Uh, some of these holidays, they're just an excuse for people to get the editor to, to get together and have food. Yeah, <laughs> that's, all it is. that's what it like. So I think I personally feel like Christmas is like the month long holiday because like once December rolls and everyone's like or Thanksgiving after they've killed everyone after Black Friday and they beat somebody over that for that elbow. <laughs> give me that elbow. Dog, they elbow people like ah, it's like it's like time to be time to be uh, ready for uh, Christmas. But it, it definitely is like that day that just a feast and and gorge yourself like the fat person you've been waiting to be the end of the year. <laughs> I like those holidays. I like the excuse for having a lot of food holidays. I don't like the bullshit holidays like Valentine's Day. That's not yeah, a holiday. I, I actually don't like the holiday either. It's pretty trash. I feel like that's but that's like the most commercialized holiday. I think it's just to sell things, man. And you know how bad it is sometimes because every time for some reason, like it's Valentine's Day and I'm like, I just want to go get some food. You know what I'm saying? I just yeah. want to get from a restaurant and then you just can't because Everyone and their mama's couple and the couple have all, you know, it's pretty much taken over the whole goddamn restaurant. So you're like, well, now nah, I'm not going to get none. Might as well just get some freaking doo-doo-ass fast food across the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hate it, man. It's one of those type of things. Uh, not too fond of the holiday. I prefer to, I prefer to make my own type of, you know, celebrations. Like if, like, man, like, it's like kind of like, oh, this is a Pringle Day or a Mac Day or, you know, something like that that you make up just for you and whoever you want to celebrate it. And you kind of make your own type of traditions that way, because that way you can, you can build something that doesn't have to be forced and it doesn't have to be on a commercial type of thing, because all of these, a lot of holidays, they kind of, 
you got to celebrate it day of, you know, sometimes some people don't like celebrating holidays the day after or the day before. I'm fine with that. Like sometimes like I'll even like I could celebrate. Well, I don't celebrate my birthday no more. But if I did, I would do it. Maybe if it's on a Wednesday, I'd celebrate maybe on a Friday so I can do it more enjoyable and, you know, probably do it in the morning. Like if I wanted to go to the zoo or something, I definitely wouldn't go on the on a weekend i would go in the morning of a tuesday you know what i'm saying because yeah. that way i don't have nobody <laughs> to deal with and that would be great <laughs> yeah that's actually uh birthday tech right there <laughs> yeah man i mean that's a lot of people do everything on the weekend and it sucks like on the weekend and right after like four to five and then everything is pretty much like so much people so like it's like going to the movies i actually like sometimes we'll go at night but like I like going in the movies during like the day because you get the freaking theater almost all to yourself. <laughs> it's also when people wait like the the, the for a midnight release of a movie. Ah, oh, that's the worst, dude. I'll never do that, that again. Yeah, man. I so I did something where I watched the movie. I watched the I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I watched the Naruto last movie, and it was in a we it was in a movie theater. I was about to say a weeb movie theater, but it turned weeb after I went to the movie. I went with my boy. And we were like, all right, man, let's go watch. Do you know about you know about Naruto, right? Yeah, I mean, I watched it. I never finished it, okay. but I watched it. You don't it. need to know much about it. Do you know, you remember Gara, like the guy with the gourd, the sand guy? Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yo, there was a dude outside wearing that gourd in his back. It looked stupid <laughs> as hell, man. <laughs> we, saw, <laughs> we saw that. We were like, yo, look at that man with the gourd on his back. Oh, my God. It's so lame. That That's dedication. Though. Ever, I mean, man. was it heavy? Nah, man, it looked like oh. he, it looked like an inflatable one. So, ah, <laughs> come on, at least wear like the real shit, right? <laughs> no, no, man, they're not that dedicated. They, this dude came in with the gourd. It looked, it looked like all the sand got took out of it, and he sucked it in. <laughs> he sucked out of the air. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, you terrible. know, to each their own. Like, I, you know what I realized with weebs um, as a recovering weeb. <laughs> Yeah, is man. I try not to judge them as much because I used to be in those shoes, <laughs> and I still I I still do that every now and again. Like I weave out on stuff, <laughs> but you know, it's like that that one. But uh, so here, but here's the problem though. I'm laughing at them not because I'm making fun of them. Well, yes, I am. But the real problem is is the fact that when we watched when we went to watch the movie, every moment there was like sauce, dude. Any moment there was somebody that popped in the screen or something like that happened. They scream like anything, oh, any man. little thing. They're always screaming. It's like, shut up. Like, it's like, it's not even that spectacular. Like when Sasuke comes up, they're like, oh, and all the dudes. And I'm like, what? He's a terrible, for one, hey, he that character, man. Just yeah, comes he out sucks ass, dude. Yeah, he sucks ass. Poorly written character. Comes out at the end and everybody's more hyped from him than Naruto. I was like, what? Like, you some fake ass bastard. Like, that <laughs> is so weird. First of all, not, you know. Again, not to weeb out too much. His yeah. brother has like way less screen time, and he's a, such a Ten he's times a, better. Oh yeah, he's well written. Like he's a well written yeah. character. Um, but, but wait, isn't the last the one where I'm I'm assuming this is why it was weeb? I thought the last was the one where he gets married at the end, right? Yeah. So that's what pissed me off. It's not the last movie because then like two a year or two years later they dropped the Baruto movie, and I was like, man, what the is this? <laughs> The movie, I don't care if I'm spoiling it, I really don't. They fight in the moon, bro. I was like, This dude Naruto ascended and he's fighting in the moon against the antagonist. I was like, Nah, nah, man, this Jesus. that movie was booty, man. I'm <laughs> and, the, and it made and the experience watching with weebs is 10 times worse because they just get so overexcited over 
anything. Like, uh, yeah, I don't doubt it. Um, Koji, I don't know, Shikamaru. I'm like, it's like, dude, come on, man. You've seen like 300 episodes. How is this surprising to you anymore? 300 more, more like 500 with all the yeah fillers. exactly and like 900 of those are filler yeah. <laughs> but yeah so like it was it was not a good experience the best part and and what's funny is me and my friend had it so that we only hang around like every six months <laughs> so mm-hmm. we hung out the one time to watch a movie and it was ass man we did not like the experience but what we did do that was good is that we ate afterwards it was pretty good food but after that we were like nah man we're never watching a movie like that again i, I can't I can't do it, man. I watched that in the comfort of my house. Okay, here's a question. Were they cheering when Sakura came up? Yeah, man. I, oh they, cheered, they, they cheered for Sakura. That's what I'm saying. They cheered That's for- unacceptable. Look, look, this is how it's really unacceptable. This is how you know it's unacceptable. Rock Lee pulls out. They're like, oh, Rock Lee. This is how they cheered, right? But that's mm. how it felt like to me. But then Sasuke and Sakura pull out. Oh, and I'm like, but wait a minute. Rock Lee is a much better character. Yeah, way better. <laughs> Way, way better character. But they homeboy only pops in for like two minutes. But when Sasuke came by, every dude in there got wet, man. <laughs> oh my god. He's yeah, he's the worst. You know, it's yeah, man. I, could you have two worst popular characters when it comes to like the Naruto franchise being Sasuke and and uh what's her face? Sakura. Uh, Sakura, yeah. God Forehead. they suck ass, dude. Yeah, dude. They're like her. I think Sakura is almost like a worse character. At least Sasuke has like some She's sort useless. of But like Sakura was like, I'm I'm a third. I'm a I'm a sore ass loser. Let me start doing something. After the tuning exams, that's where everything turned to doo-doo mm-hmm. because they did all of these 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 good spectacles of each character and then they just turned into ass. Like uh what was it? What was a really good character? Uh Shikumaru, man. Genius, man. His yeah. fights were so different. It wasn't about willpower and strength. It was about intelligence, technique you know? too. Yeah, so, yeah, man, technique. So that was it's not always all that about stuff. Your way. Yeah, exactly, man. So that but was he's really lazy. Cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the funny thing. He was a. He's probably a much better character than a like a lot of the characters here. But yeah, man, I I would just say my experience with stuff like that, events and stuff like that, really gets sour when I was around all those weaves. But going back to the day thing, uh, yeah, man. Sometimes it's better to like. Make your own days. You know what I'm saying? It's not, you can make your own day. Saturdays could be something than just Saturday. You could make it your own day. You could name it too, if that helps. Some people, I think that's the whole thing too. When it's named and it's like a conventional holiday, we have to celebrate it, but it's not like you have to do it. You can do it. You're not forced and tethered to do it. But Well, my Saturday is FGC Hollywood Day. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Pringle, I got a couple of items here that I rolled back because I wanted to get your opinion on them that I went over with Broken. But before yeah. that, we're both playing a couple of non-fighting games. So I wanted to talk about them. Let's start with yours. You're playing current Maple, right? We were on that Maple Royals. <laughs> I, I, I betrayed you. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. Yeah, yeah, I went to the dark side. I was like, I can't let them see me play this game. But it shows you on Discord. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I looked at Discord. I was like, wait a second. That's a story, not Royals. Yeah, well, right? <laughs> After a while, you're like, wait a minute. It shows Royals, not stories. Uh, but I just played. I was playing it for a little bit because I was kind of having fun. Because they did this like this thing where you level up like three times each level, which is nuts, man. Oh, my God. And it, and it was so ridiculous. And I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty easy. It's like I was just kind of like going through it and leveling up really fast. But... I kind of just, I think that only lasted me like maybe like a week now. 
I haven't even touched it in like a couple of days. So and actually also I had a little bit of fun because they have like an event and like I was having the character just AFK. So I wasn't really I was like away from the keyboard and stuff. So I wasn't really on it. I was just kind of sitting there. So I tried that out for a little bit because it's pretty cool. Instead of just grinding a character all the way, because I had like a couple of uh, higher what level. What level did you get to? Uh, so it so I'm also using like the reboot server, which is a server that's not like like the damage isn't as crazy as normal servers because like money isn't busted. I checked the older server because like the older server I had like a two a level two hundred and one hero, oh, and wow. I like stopped playing. Yeah, like but. And that was a little bit when it was kind of hard to get 200, but it wasn't really hard, actually. And then, like, I do the reboot service. And in the reboot service, it's cooler because, like, everything is free. And all you got to really do is grind for it. Mm. But, like, in the old servers, man, the economy is stupid bad, man. Oh, man. That, dude, they're, like, they're they're in the billions of, like, oh, this is 200 billion, uh, like, meso. I'm like, oh, man, that that economy is super busted but in the reboot server you don't really have to worry about it since you can't trade so i was playing a little bit of the reboot server and now it's kind of over I'm, i think i'm just over it right now yeah. I, I don't even want to go play it i don't want to go play maple anymore man i think i'm over it for now man yeah got your fix i even tried fantasy star online too and i didn't even really want to play it because i don't feel like playing like uh, uh like an action base man i'm not gonna lie man but i saw uh dragon quest 10 that's an MMORPG, but it never released on in uh, in America. But mm. it's just like Dragon Quest. I was like, why couldn't I get that? It's 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 turn based, and it's it's just like Dragon Quest, but it's just an MMORPG. I was like, man, I wish I could have got that. You know, you're you're saying you're chasing that dragon. You want the the magic of MM, what MMOs used to have back in the golden days. If you want some magic, my friend, I've been playing this game that I shouted out. Uh, yeah, not last week, but the week before, I think. It's called Omori. I have to say, I wish I could pay more money for this game. I <laughs> I, I bought this what? for $20. Yeah, I bought this game for $20. I know, and I know it was a Kickstarter game. This is so much more than what I thought I was going to get. I thought it was going to be good. And I don't know if it's because if I'm a JRPG novice or whatever, but like, dude, this game has made me, it made me laugh. It made me really sad. It's, it scared me. It, 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 it it's, uh, it made you feel. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. It made me feel, and it's like you don't get that from. I mean, and, and that's so invaluable in games. Like, how many times does that happen? And I know it's not going to be the case for everybody, but. Hello, ladies and gents. This is Post Edit Mac. I just realized while editing that while giving high praises to Amori, that I may have given too much away. And although they weren't exactly spoilers per se, this game is so special to me that I don't want to ruin the experience for anyone else. So I'll just leave you with these few thoughts. Omori is a beautiful game, in my opinion. I don't play many non-fighting game titles, but this one inspired me to write about it. So that will eventually come out on the YouTube channel in a video companion whenever I'm done with that. So you'll be able to understand what I mean a little bit more in-depthly with regards to how I feel about the game. But Pringle mentioned it earlier almost in jest, but I have to say he was right. This game really made me feel every single emotion to the furthest extent a game can. I highly recommend this game for those who are interested in endearing characters, but a mature narrative that isn't afraid to hold back. Anyway, with that said, back to the show. I think we talked about on Discord where I like games that are very narrative-driven and don't really appeal to a mainstream audience like i really like braid and i know mm -hmm. a lot of people don't like braid because the mechanics are kind of weird and 
a lot of people don't like trying to understand the story by reading. Limbo is kind of like that, where it doesn't really give you a story. You just have to figure it out. But it, towards the end, then it makes, you know, a bigger impact on you. Same thing with Inside. So, you know, I, I like having every now and again playing these weird games or like games that I don't normally play. I, I feel you about having those separate emotions too, man. I feel I got that when I played uh, almost any Dragon Quest, man. I swear I get that. Yeah. Oh, dude. It, yeah. I, I, I'll definitely look into Amori, though, man. I, I, I was interested when I saw a little bit of it, but uh, I'll definitely look into it, especially if you're saying, is this good? Yeah, I, I really like it. I highly recommend it, especially if you like games like Undertale and stuff like that. And narrative-driven yeah. games. Uh, I love games that make you think, and that's one of those that really made me think, and I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. So I know you listened to parts of last week's show. We talked about DNF Duel, the announcement that came out of nowhere from Arc System Works and the Nexon um, subsidiary, what were they called? Neopol. Yeah. And they're coming out with that uh, Dungeon Fighter Online spinoff called DNF Duel. Did you see that trailer for that fighting game? Uh, yeah, man. I saw it. It looked cool, man. I uh, Finally, something kind of, you know, some new blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was excited when I saw that trailer. I was just like, you know what? I did not expect this, but I am, yeah, I'm kind of on board because of what I saw. Mostly because it looked to me like not Guilty Gear, but not Grand Blue. It looked like they met in the middle. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of the pace that I like. So we'll see. The other part that I told Broken last week, which, by the way, everybody's petitioning that he should be called Pringle the Two, right? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So all those characters that I saw there, like I could potentially see myself playing those characters. It's just the archetype alone. So I was like, hey, that's already a leg up on a lot of these games that come out, and I could care less about their roster yeah the the designs are really good like i think when you're able to make a game like so for instance them's fighting her and skullgirls well actually those are the only two games i can think of <laughs> that i like every character even though i hate fighting certain characters in said games i can say all of these characters have really bomb ass design i think that's there you go you won it and i played dungeon fighter so i actually played the game that it comes from I only played it for a little bit. I didn't like that it has a lack of controller support, even though it's like an MMORPG beat-em-up. It's interesting. You know, I think it might work a beat-em-up type of fighting game. I think they might have the right idea because at least they're not making things from scratch. They'll have like things to mirror their, uh, you know, stuff out of, which is great. Mm. Yeah, we got one more thing that I want to get your your thoughts on. So uh, last, no, not last week, two weeks ago, I put out a poll. Maybe it was last week. I don't know. I put out a poll. I was like, hey, do you guys want guests on FGC Hollywood? Just to throw it out there to see what the uh, the audience here is thinking. And I put it on YouTube because obviously that's where most of the audience is. And out of 145 total votes, it was a resounding yes. 87% said yes, they want guests on FGC Hollywood. 13% said no, leave it as it is. So it seems like people want guests. Now, I'm okay with guests. Pringle, but I will say that I like the way the show is right now. Um, I don't necessarily want this to become an interview-only show, just because we know we do have a format here. We go through news, we go Mm -hmm. through whatever. But uh, I don't mind having guests every once in a while. Maybe if it was like, I don't know, maybe once every six, seven podcasts or something like that, if if it can work out. Uh, I don't know how you felt about that. Uh, Yeah, so... I was going to say, I was. I wonder who said no on that. And I wish I knew why. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no. You should have been like, and why Why is the reason to be a savage dude? It's like, I just don't want nobody else, man. I'm used to this, man. I don't mm-hmm. want nothing new, man. I like my bo- I like my vanilla ice cream the way it is, man. 
don't be tossing more stuff in it. But uh, <laughs> no bones. I, I yeah, no bones, no bones. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say that it'd be cool, man. I think a guest would be good. But I will say that when there's a guest, there will be a focus or more like our attention is definitely put on the guest. So mm-hmm. it's like it wouldn't turn into Mac and Pringle adventures. It would turn to Mac and Pringle talk about this guy's adventures. You know what I mean? It it turns more of that kind of focus because when you, you get a guest, it's going to be a good guest. We're going to try to get a good one. But then we're really going to be paying a lot of attention to the guy. Like we're not going to be kind of back and forth and right as much. We'll probably be asking a lot of questions to know what's in the person's head yeah and that isn't really fgc hollywood that's just kind of like an interview Uh which i'm okay doing every once in a while kind of like how i used to do with tmp where like usual tmps was me ranting about some garbage and then i would have the occasional guest and that would turn more so into like hey let's get to know this person if we had guests here i mean we're not going to run through the news with them we're not probably going to do topic of the week with them well it's mostly going to be focused on them like you said so i don't mind doing that but i don't really want that to be every show so that's kind of what i wanted to put out there yeah i think like a once in the blue moon would be cool like it really is going to be one of those things where i don't know for the people listening it's definitely going to be us asking questions and kind of reacting to whatever the person says. Because especially when it's someone new, we just want to kind of like pick their brain and see what, you know, what they got going on and how they think of things. And it's going to be us asking these questions and it's not going to be so much of the banter type of thing. Yeah. And it's, they have to be good guests, the ones mm-hmm. that we both, you know, have respect for and, and like, and it's not going to be just anybody. Like, obviously, I, I, I don't know you as well, but I would love to have Mike Ross on the show. I think that would be awesome. That'd be dope, man. Yeah, man. So big guests like that, where it would be, it'd be like uh, an occasion. And that's, that's what I would mm-hmm. want with guests. So uh, we'll yeah. see, you know, let, let us know uh, what you feel about that, what guests you would like to see. And then Pringle and I can talk about it and see if it, if it makes sense mm-hmm. for the show. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on it. But uh, for now, I think we're just going to keep on trucking. And then if an opportunity comes up to get somebody who's really cool, interesting to both of us, yeah, we'll make it happen. Yeah, because I, 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 I'm, I'm down with guests, definitely. But that always it's always one of those things, man, where it comes down to where it's like, well, no, it ain't really about us. Mm-hmm. yeah and not that it has to be but you know yeah. we've we've both ragged on other podcasts before that they have <laughs> such a weird format one specifically there's <laughs> <laughs> bones in my fruit man. <laughs> yeah so they have a weird structure where they don't have a lot of chemistry with their co-hosts because they have three people and then they throw in interviews in the middle of the show. So it's just like the pacing is just so weird. Cause it's like, okay, talking a little bit about this with these set people, they talk over each other and then they throw in a, an interview in there and it's like a completely different thing. It's just like, Jesus, this should be like a two separate shows. Yeah. Whatever. It's very confusing. Yeah. You're right, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll think about it. Obviously if Hollywood has a huge demand for a specific guest, we'll check them out. But uh, yeah, Mike Ross, if you're listening to this, just know Hollywood has love for you. So you can come on the show. If I could, if I could find him, I'll probably, I'll ask him, but like, I don't know what he's up to, but I don't think he's playing Guilty Gear anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's up to Dota, so I can't really like ask him, but he knows, he knows of me. So like, I don't know if I ever get a chance, I'll see if I can ask him, but we'll see. All right. The last item here before Hollywood question of the week is catch these hands. Number two, Pringle, we had a tournament. Remember that? Uh, what? Months ago, you got another one. 
Oh, 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 never mind, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. So a few months ago, we had Catch These, one, catch these Hands, number one. We played Guilty Gear Plus R. And one of my New Year's resolutions is to put out more Hollywood tournaments, right? I want more people to play in the Discord kind of community events. So we're going to run a tournament. The title is to be determined because we don't know what game we're going to play. But it's going to be called Catch These Hands number two. It's going to be held on January 23rd, 2021, 7 p.m. Central Time. And right now, the lead is Guilty Gear XX Plus R. I mean, depending on what votes come in, but for now, it looks like we're playing Accent Core. I only picked rollback games, so I picked uh, Them's Fighting Hers. I picked Skullgirls, KOF 2002 UM, and Street Fighter V. But... Accent Core so far is beating all those games. So it's looking like it's going to be plus R. <laughs> plus R again. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, I like the characters. The Neko's good. I'm going over there, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And it, it looks like it. But so if you want to play with us, the easiest thing to do is obviously to join our Discord, which I redid all the links because Discord sucks ass with mm-hmm. having links that are supposed to not expire and they expire anyway. But I redid it, so it should be all good. You can join our Discord and the announcement tab. There's all those games. You can react to vote for those games. One thing here, though, is that January 23rd does land on a Saturday, so I don't think we'll have a podcast episode on that Saturday. We'll run the tournament instead. I was also going to say I'm going to try to see if I can commentate for this one if I can. I'll, you know, but Sweet. I'll see if I can pop by for this one. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to enter. I kind of want to be behind the scenes on this one because it was a little hard to play and and do the behind the scenes tournament organizing stuff. So I think I'll probably just uh, be support on this one and just try to run it correctly. But yeah, so if you are interested in playing, most likely plus R. But hey, KOF is coming up with those votes. So yeah, join our Discord and then yeah, play Mm. some fighting games online. All right, Hollywood question of the week. We're going to play a more likely game, Pringle. So I'll give you two options here. And Uh you'll tell me which one is more likely to happen, all right? The first one is I start playing Grand Blue Fantasy versus or King of Fighters 15 is delayed to 2022. Which one is more likely? (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. I think you're right. (laughs) The second one here is the FGC forgives Mike Z or Mike Ross reunites with Gutex for an excellent adventures one-off. Good Lord, that's a hard one. Actually, I think that Mike Mike Ross reuniting with Gutex is much more likely to happen. All right. I think, <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I think that you're right on that one. All right, and the last one we have here: FGC Hollywood dedicates a whole episode to only Street Fighter Five, or the Event Hubs podcast dedicates an episode to everything but Street Fighter Five. Man, I go with the Event Hubs one. I don't. I don't think I could talk about Street Fighter Five. <laughs> All right. Well. We're actually going to talk about Street Fighter Five on this podcast. So a little foreshadowing there. But first, we got news. This first one is not really news, but I put it in here anyway. I titled this, Why Does the FTC Keep Taking L's? So earlier this week, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, but there was this person who said fighting games are dumb and had really bad takes. It's a giant thread. It's like 30 tweets or so. Mm-hmm. And the FGC, man, on Twitter, FGC Twitter just keeps taking the bait. Like every time they take the bait. And when I saw this, is this random person just says, hey, fighting games are bad. And everybody and their mother in the FGC tries to contest that statement. It's like, don't you understand? That's exactly what that person wanted. It's like they wanted clout. 
you give them clout, mission accomplished. It's like, I think I responded with like a, just a stupid gif or something because I was like, come on, y'all. Like, that's not be real. But then like, it reminds me of like this, the box, the stick and the string and the carrot right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the dumb rabbit is the FGC eating the carrot. <laughs> uh, now, Felonius Monk on Patreon, he brought this up to me. He's like, hey, take a look at this article by Inverse.com. And this Inverse people, they actually interviewed the whatever the person on twitter with the hot takes yeah they actually gave them a whole article it's just like oh my god i can't believe you're gonna do this for a twitter egg that's the most wackest thing you could do why would you give a troll attention exactly i don't know i don't think inverse is technically an fgc website but uh the article is out there you know the funny part is is that they actually took some of those points those hot takes and they were like actually this person is making a lot of good sense. <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to give this too much attention, but I just, this is mostly me clowning on FGC Twitter. Like, stay free. Like, the this person for putting out, I'm not even mad about them for having, you know, bad takes because that's what Twitter is for. I'm more like just dumbfounded that FGC Twitter just keeps falling for these traps. It's like baited. <laughs> yeah, man. For all we know, this person could be. A really bad player that got pissed or a really good player that uses some name we don't know of. And like everyone just kind of took the bait. It's like, well, oh. y'all like y'all just got y'all just ate whatever's on the hook. Yeah, maybe a little FGC conspiracy there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if that's the case? Somebody that's really good, but this does that to piss people off in the It's FGC. actually Red Blade. <laughs> One more news item, and this is hardly newsworthy, but I mostly want to clown on Arxis because this is hilarious to me. So Anji Mito, reveal and nothing else. So on December 31st, 2020, New Year's Eve, Arc System Works revealed the gameplay trailer for the penultimate character in the Guilty Gear Strive launch roster. After being teased in early October at the end of the Giovanna trailer, Anji Mito was shown with his new design, revealing some of his new skills, as well as showcasing a few of his legacy moves. At the end of the trailer, it was disclosed that the final character announcement will come sometime in February of 2021. Guilty Gear Strive is currently expected to launch on April 9th, 2021. What'd you think of that trailer, Pringle? The trailer was ass, man. What was that? Like, yo, so... I I saw Arc System posted it three days out. So they posted that they were going to do the NG trailer three days out. I was like, I got so confused because I was like, oh, are they going to do it later? Like when I first saw it, and it was like, no, it's going to be out in three days. So I was like, why? I even bother. <laughs> so like, so then I watched it and I was like, there's like almost nothing. There's only him doing special moves, really. That's it. You know, it's kind of like if you just like. If I saw Ryu do a DP and a Hadouken in his trailer, I'm like, well, of course he does that. So yeah. I, I, it was really like underwhelming. Man, underwhelming. Like, yo, man, that's what are they striving for? <laughs> what am I that's what I'm trying to figure? What are they striving for? Whatever they're striving for is very underwhelming. Their standards are as high as the floor right now, man. I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> you know, this is hilarious to me. Remember when I, we had that podcast where I ragged about how I hate Arxis's marketing because it's so bad. It's, it's yeah. terrible. This is another example of why would you have us know who Angie was at the end of the Giovanna trailer if this is all you're going to do when his trailer shows up? It makes absolutely no sense. It would be one thing if at the end of the Giovanna trailer, you're going to say, hey, December 31st, a character is coming and here's the silhouette that's kind of blurry so we can't really see who it is. And then 
uh, Angie comes out and we're all excited. Yay. That's all you had to do. Instead, they shot themselves in the foot. They showed us that Angie's coming. We were waiting for Angie and, right? Because it can't just be Angie. We saw Angie. We waited for anything. Maybe a beta date for an open beta, a closed beta. We waited for another silhouette for you know the final character or maybe even a tease kind of like how grand blue does it nothing why would you dangle the carrot so long right you're going from october from early october to the end of december and not show shit it like hey, oh you're my, right I, I don't understand that like wh- oh my god it's just it's infuriating you you right now now that i think about it because i was just thinking about the trailer because I, I didn't really feel for it but now that you mentioned it i think you and broken talked about it last week but yo the fact that there's no like beta or nothing, now now we have this game has to come correct. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> now it has to be good. And, and the fact that they aren't even gonna do a beta to test that code, oh man. Yeah. Well, okay. So we don't know if there's not gonna be a beta, but we know that the game is coming out in early April, and the next character is gonna come out in sometime in February. Like what? Are there? You tell me. If you are going to stress test this, it's going to be probably closed and it's probably going to last like three days. And I mean, it's not going to be enough time. It's not going to be real, really a lot of time to fix any problems. They really they might be able to fix it, but, you know, it's still not the best thing to really do. It doesn't give you ample enough time to really um, check all the check, check everything around it. We'll see. I mean... I don't put faith in Arxis anymore, right? I'm excited for DNFD, but even with that game, like, I don't, you know, I, I think the gameplay, when when Arxis does focus only on gameplay, when they just develop the game, they do a pretty mm-hmm. damn good job, but when they publish some shit, it's just like, oh my God, dude, like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they have this feeling where they think their legacy can just do everything for itself. Like it's like all we have to do is show you like a little bit and everything will sell itself. And I don't understand why they kind of do that. Like, okay, like it's not Street Fighter, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and I think I'd say Street Fighter trailers are better. They I feel like they put more effort into those trailers. So I think we've talked about trailers before, right? We've definitely talked about it. And like you see how so many other places are able to do the trailers, but it seems like art system. Unless they're like they're working on a shoestring budget or something like that, like what is it that they they can't do to make these trailers much more like enjoyable? Like give the character a little bit more background. Who's Angie Mito, man? Maybe tell us that he came from like I don't know Guilty Gear Action Core or something like, you know, stuff to really spice up what they're showing us. But it seems like their marketing is like so lackluster, and like like it's the publishing aspect. I don't know like what are they selling it to like. Eh, I don't know, man. They kind of suck. Even, you know, Grand Blue Fantasy, as much as we rag on that game, the trailers for that game are actually much better than the Strive trailers. Yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. They, It seems like they are they put more effort into Grand Blue than they put into, like, a, such a big legacy game. Like, Grand Blue must just have more money or something. Maybe it's all well, I DLC. think it's because Psy Games publishes that game. Yeah, that might be it, dude. You're right, you're right. I mean, you're looking at all these Arxis developed games. Dragon Ball, right? Bandai Namco publishes that game. Trailer's pretty bomb. You have Grand Blue Fantasy. Ar- Arxis develops that game. Psy Games publishes it. Trailer's pretty bomb. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive, 
Arxis develops and publishes trailer is fucking whack. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is the shoot. Maybe they got a shoestring budget, man. But it just doesn't help, though, because I think that how are you going to sell this well enough to make me want to buy? It? it can't just be let the gameplay speak for itself, because in that way, it's almost like letting the community let, letting the community market the game, because that's what they kind of do in the end. Well, that didn't Reac work the first time, because how many copies did Exert sell here in the States? That's true. Not very much. So what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results? Yeah, man. The, there was one part there that I just don't understand why they did it, is why not just show a silhouette? And then you keep excitement going for the next one. True. You get discussion going. It's like, hey, was that Eno? Was that a new female character with short hair? Was that Johnny? I didn't see sunglasses on him. It gets people excited, and, and I don't know. They could have done more, and they didn't, and it would have been easy to fix it. But yeah, man, it definitely. I mean, that would the silhouette type of idea is pretty good because it keeps it in the uh, sphere. It's like it keeps it it keeps it in the conversation because everybody wants to know what the new game's gonna look like. You know, like having that conversation going really does help it. I mean, I think we can forgive a lot of this thing if this game comes out fun and with good netcode, but leading yeah. up to it, it's just they're making some bad decisions, but whatever. Yeah, most definitely. If it's good, it's good, man, you know, and then we don't have any, but like right now, it's still pretty ass. Like the infrastructure, their marketing is not very good. If they like, like, I feel like they're going to start showing all this stuff probably like a month out or something, and it's going to be like, oh, that's a little too late. Yeah. Well, TBD, I suppose. Now we can go move over to fighting game topic of the week. And this is not as topical anymore as it was last week because I really have not been playing Street Fighter V. <laughs> I've been playing other games. But this is fighting game redemptions. Now, this is mostly questions I have for you, Pringle, because I'm kind of interested to see what you think about this. So I've been playing Street Fighter V, not last week, but leading up for about three weeks in December. And the game has evolved for me, right? When I played this game in 2016, I really didn't enjoy it. Obviously, it had that enormous input lag. It was incomplete. It had no offline stuff. It, it, was, it was bad. It was a really bad game. Mm -hmm. And I played a little bit online. I just, I had like severe disdain for this game, right? Now, my, my opinion on this game has changed dramatically. And we'll get to it here in a bit. But it's mostly because I'm playing the game in the way where I'm playing it at low level, right? Like bronze, silver level and playing regular Street Fighter. So like in Shoto Street Fighter, like, you know, jump over my fireball, I uppercut. And if you don't do that, we play footsies and that's how we play. Because nobody still knows like the V-trigger shenanigans of, you know, let me steal around or we're all still kind of learning playing at the same pace. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's enjoyable to me. It's just, it's, it feels like Street Fighter. But as far as fighting game redemptions i don't think we've ever had a redemption arc like other mainstream games i don't know if you remember no man's sky when that came out actually it came out the same year 2016 yeah. when when that came out that game was atrocious right people were so disappointed with that game but you ask people on their opinions now on no man's sky people love it because they kept working on it they improved it they never gave up on the game and it's like a darling now in, in that community. I don't think we've had that with a fighting game per se, but I had a few questions. So do you think it's possible for a game, a fighting game specifically, to redeem itself after it already launches bad without it being too late? Yeah, I think I think you can. So in the case of like Street Fighter V, so I still hate that game. I will probably always hate it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But like I will say it redeemed itself 
because like if i was to say objectively speaking objectively speaking i think street fighter 5 now is decent right and i mean with everything you can have fun with it uh for street fighter 5 they added so much more characters like the the vast roster is so much more bigger and like they've done a lot of of changes and stuff like that that makes it better but it's still like one of the things that i really hate about that game in particular and it's something that's been there since the beginning was how jump-ins works how like you don't get very good reward out of like anti-air sometimes if you don't have meter and the defensive options are really bad like they're not very good you just have to be reversal so like when someone jumps in on you and you block it you kind of have to eat a mix-up so those type of things are really a big thing that hampers the game for me mm-hmm. and a lot of the things is like the combos is like so boring like they're so linear like all the combos are all the same like especially karen and that was like my main like combo is the same damn thing man like it's every kind of way it's the same kind of thing but i would say that from what it was in 2016 it's a much better game especially when you buy the championship edition because i think that karen that comes with like a lot more characters right like yeah so champion edition has like i think 30 something characters and mm-hmm. overall, like it's much more of a comprehensive experience because you have all those offline modes as well. It, it gives you everything you need in a fighting game, like match replay and statistics yeah, yeah. And, and all the and, you know, story and all that stuff. So it's a much better game than what it launched with. Yeah, most definitely. And I'd say Skullgirls actually falls into that umbrella too, man. It, that game in the beginning was not good. It had a pretty bad, rough launch. Um, I mean, there was infinites basically in the game. And the whole point was that I believe that Zero was working on was trying to get the infinite, uh, infinity, infinite prevention system, the IPS, to work well. But then somehow people found a workaround with that, so that there was, so they ended up having infinites as opposed to it being reset heavy. So later down, it got a lot better. The second encore fixed a lot of, a lot, like a lot of things. It was this huge update mm-hmm. to the game that made it so much better, and now it's like lows better because there was still some like there was a lot of stupid stuff in the game in the beginning and it wasn't really like it was just kind of whack like it was pretty whack so i think a game can definitely redeem itself over time it's just sucks because like when that happens and it comes out really bad it's like like for instance i didn't know about no man's sky till a buddy told me and there's this like this whole hour long video of someone talking about how no man's sky basically redeemed itself um, I wouldn't know, wouldn't have known about that unless I have seen it or heard about it, or someone showed it to me. Because I was definitely still taking a dump on that game for like the longest, dude. So, mm-hmm. so like, so I think it is, but it's like it really gets tarnished. And sometimes when people see that, they think that it can never be any better. Because like, for instance, people will still take a dump on Street Fighter Five. But what's funny about Street Fighter Five though is that like it's Street Fighter, you know, it's fun. Like Street Fighter is really fun because especially if you play it casually, because it doesn't require much. Like, for instance, for your tournament, like, you know, I like the uh, the uh, catch these hands. Street Fighter would be essentially a great game. The only thing would be, like, probably the Neko, but it would be a great game because everybody can partake in that without it being this huge disparity in skill. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, because if you play Accent Core, if you don't really know combos and if you really don't got your combos, you kind of screwed. But in Street Fighter, you can at least roll with footsies. You can just play straight fundamentals and you could beat people. 
that are that have played for a while just because you have really good fundamentals and stuff like that you don't really need much yeah to a point with the, the one problem i have with street fighter 5 is the amount of impact uh, v trigger has on the game as far as its pace oh yeah it's terrible <laughs> because it becomes a completely different game once one character achieves v trigger once mm-hmm. a character has v trigger and it to be honest it doesn't really matter which character has it it could be guile it could be ryu could be seth the game changes dramatically like the other person has to play now to the other person's pace the one that has v trigger so it's no longer becomes street fighter it becomes let me hold on until this v trigger goes away or let me get killed and it's yeah, that's yeah. the one part I don't like about the game. Yeah, man. And I, I not to jump too into the deep into the Street Fighter thing, but I would say I have yet to find a Street Fighter that doesn't have too many gimmicks I don't like. For instance, I don't like the many option selects in four. I'm not like I like the idea of parries and third strikes, but they really in a way they're just too good. I don't know how to explain that. Like parrying can like make zoning useless in a way but it's like it's good and then i really don't like um the v trigger system in five uh, i i don't really like street fighter 2 turbo so i i i've had my troubles with uh street fighter games but they're fun like they're always gonna be fun and i think even if they come out bad if a game comes out bad it can always redeem itself yeah exactly and i, I would agree and the, the one thing here that i do want to stress is that by fighting game redemptions I don't mean like, let's take Grand Blue Fantasy, for example. I You can't say that game needs a redemption, right? Because like you and I, we're in the minority of not liking that game. Mm-hmm. That game is fine for the most part for everybody else. So there's a difference between not liking a game and thinking it needs a redemption versus a game being objectively bad or having a, a bad launch or a bad start to its life cycle and needing a redemption. Like for example, No Man's Sky needed a redemption. Cyberpunk 2077 needs a redemption. <laughs> yeah, it does. Vanilla Street Fighter V definitely needed a redemption. So as much as I hate on whatever BB tag, I hate on BB tag because I think that game sucks. Not because that game is lacking a lot of things that you normally get in a fighting game. I think just that game is just trash. But it doesn't need a redemption because people like the game for what it is. In BB Tag's case, that was one of those type of things where it came and it feels like a cash cow. Like it came just to make some money, man. Like that's what it feels like with BB Tag. That's why it, it and it didn't it really didn't have a down. Like it gave you what you kind of wanted, right? Like a versus mode, arcade. You got all these different characters. You got kind of what you wanted, but it wasn't really like a it, it didn't. I don't feel like it deserves a redemption arc. And if it did have a redemption arc, I would hope that it makes characters real characters. <laughs> but no. Yeah, I think I've said this before on BB Tag. If you've played BB Tag and it was your first venture to playing any of those properties, meaning Persona, Blaze Blue, Undernight, then that game actually isn't that bad. But mm-hmm. a lot of people that I've discussed this with who have experience with Persona had experience, with Blaze we had experience, with Undernight, don't like that game because of what it did to the mechanics of those characters. And mm-hmm. it basically put them in a game with a half-baked version of themselves. So it's, that's why I think there's a bit of a, a disconnect with legacy players with BB Tag compared to new players with BB Tag. That's very true, man. Because 
it's a great beginner game. I'd say the same thing for Street Fighter V, man. I recommend that game when people don't know how to play fighting games, but they kind of want to start with something. I recommend Street Fighter V because it's really simple. You'll learn everything you need to from playing that game. So those games sometimes do uh, hold themselves better when they're beginner games. Yeah. Now, the second question I have here for you. So Street Fighter V Champion Edition, I do want to stress that it's Champion Edition, not regular Street Fighter V has been sort of my fighting game pick that has received the redemption arc, right? Mm -hmm. Do you personally have a fighting game that you could point to that you could say, okay, that did enough to redeem itself for me, or I view it differently now? Hmm. I don't think so, man. Maybe I'd even say maybe Skullgirls, honestly, dude. Because like in the beginning, I got really into Skullgirls, but I didn't really like, I didn't stick with it. And then I stopped. And then they did the second Encore update and it made everything much better but it wasn't like it wasn't necessarily bad there was just a lot of things that i didn't like about it in the beginning but i can't really think i would say maybe that one but i can't really think of one in particular um that redeemed themselves to me i think once i kind of stuck with something it kind of just stayed and it didn't really change much for me maybe yeah there was no yeah there's no redemption art for me sadly everything was ass once i tried it. <laughs> it was ass and stayed ass yeah, yeah, man. It's yeah, for real. Yeah, it was ass and it stayed ass, dude. There was like nothing I could be like, nah, this is good. You know what I'm saying? Nah, man, that didn't really happen for me. I I wonder because we do play TFH now, and that's ponies. And you know, if I had like Persona or if Tekken was good, I wouldn't be playing ponies most likely. But yeah. I do think that I've from the earlier years, like a couple years ago, I think. I've almost like opened up and expanded, you know, what games I'm willing to give a chance to and what games I'm not. So, and you know, we talked about it, not to, you know, bring up Granblue Fantasy again, but I think a lot of people think that we hate Granblue Fantasy just to hate Granblue Fantasy when on paper, and we talked about this yesterday, on paper, we should love Granblue Fantasy way more than we love TFH because why wouldn't I want to play people in armor with cool weapons and shit versus playing ponies? Like, it makes right. no sense. <laughs> Yo, uh, I have a secret bronies, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That's so weird. Yo, man, I play my ponies all day, but that armor, nah, not for me. It's not like we're doing this on purpose. It's just we're being honest. <laughs> yeah, man, I... It, it sucks, too, man, because, like, if I did have a choice, yeah, I'd maybe... Grand Blue, in a way, does have everything I kind of wanted in a fighting game. When I first played the beta, it had everything I kind of wanted. Like, it was weird, too, because I played the beta and I had a lot of fun. I was playing, I was just playing Granite, and, man, I was just fireballing people all day, and I was just giving them the Tims. I was hitting them with the boots, fresh boots, giving them the fireballs, the plasma, and I was DPing when the hell I wanted to, and it worked. And I was enjoying myself. And I was like, and I tried the other characters, and I didn't even like them that much. I liked Grand. He was like, this is a fun-ass show, though. And then I played offline, and I just didn't like it, man. <laughs> it was weird. I was playing it. I played it with somebody else. This is offline, which is better, and I just did not have as much fun. It wasn't fun, and I've played uh, I've played Zeta. I've played Grant. I played uh, the – I forget, Catalina, and I think I played Charlotte for a little bit, and I played these characters, and I just did not have fun. Everything is, is pretty slow when you're – like. There's this part in the game where there's a mid screen and no, and if you don't have a fireball ready or you don't have the these big buttons, you're kind of just walking back and forth trying to get closer to the opponent, and it it's not very fun. I feel like there's like this weird thing with the space 
where like between you and the character, the mid screen is like there's a giant ass amount of space and nothing really happens between each character moving back and forth or one just running up to each other. Because like compared to Street Fighter games, most characters have step dashes. I don't know. It's it's a weird, it's very weird how to explain it, but I just did not have fun with it. And that's where it's like, that's why that game's ass to me. Because it's like all these characters and I got bored of Grant after like, I don't know, two days of playing his ass. So like, what'd that tell me? <laughs> I, I played two hours of that game and then I refunded my money. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Soros came out. And uh, luckily I have some... Uh, connections with travelers of the high seas <laughs> so uh i i managed to play him and i actually still have the game i just don't play it but yeah i just i really don't enjoy playing that game but uh you know zero was talking about it because he tried uh tfh and mm -hmm. i think for him it's reversed like he says i like the game or the concept or whatever but i can't relate i can't play any of these characters i don't like any of them so I was just like, okay, maybe this game just isn't for you. Like, right. Not, not every fighting game should be for everybody. Whereas like for us, I think it's a little bit of the opposite. Whereas like I theoretically could see myself playing these characters, but the gameplay is where it's missing me. Grand Blue's got the characters, man. It's It's got the characters. It's got the visuals. When I play, I don't like moon jumps, okay? Some characters can do something with their jump arts, but they still got moon jumps. I don't like that because there's normal dashing and step dashing isn't too much of a thing. You have this situation where a lot of times you're going to have to run to get closer to your opponent. I don't like the pressure. The pressure is so whack. Overheads in that game is so whack. It's it's like Street Fighter, but like it's more whack. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how it's, it's just like Street Fighter where like some some characters have methods of doing overheads to get combos out of it. But then the universal overhead is there and the universal overhead doesn't I think only on like counter hits you can get anything out of it, and I don't know, man. It, and then the cooldown—it's just so much stuff in that game that I'm like, what is this crap? And it's expensive, which is the biggest problem. <laughs> it is mad expensive. It's uh, pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, you know, seems people like it. You don't, you know. It seems like you want uh, different types of moons, which a uh, good segue to our non-fighting game topic of the week, Bringle. So, Tsukihime remake is finally here. So website Gamatsu reports that following the Fate Project New Year's Eve TV special 2020, Type Moon announced the long-awaited remake of the 2000 romance visual novel Tsukihime. The remake is titled Tsukihime, A Piece of Blue Glass Moon, and will launch for, <laughs> and will launch for PlayStation 4 and Switch in summer 2021 in Japan. There is currently an extended cinematic trailer on Type Moon's YouTube channel showing some gameplay and portions of the game's narrative. Type Moon is also known for being the IP holder for the French-bred developed fighting game spinoff of Tsukihime, Melty Blood. The fighting game was last brought up in early October as the trademark for it was renewed for Japan and filed for Korea, Europe, and the United States. Hey, first of all, uh, shout-outs to the Tsukihime fans. I know they've been waiting for 20 years for this thing. They finally got their remake. So uh, I know how it feels to, to, you know, wait for a game for a long time and never get it. And then when you finally get it, it's bliss. So uh, I'm happy for those guys. You know, all those weebs playing Tsukihime, good for them. I don't know much about Tsukihime, even though I love 
Melty Blood. I didn't know it was a romance visual novel. I thought it was like mystery. I think it's both. But this is more so of us getting debated. Like, you know, as, as much as it's cool that those fans are getting Tsukihime remake, I could give a shit. I just care about Melty Blood. <laughs> I'm like one of those <laughs> degenerates that only cares about like the spinoff of the actual property. Remember when we talked about in October, they renewed the uh, trademark in Japan and then filed for all those other regions. We were like, oh my yeah. God, Melty Blood might be coming up. I don't know if that has to do with the Tsukihime remake or if it still could be in the works, but I think maybe it's a step in the right direction for a new Melty Blood. By the way, I love the fact that it's coming on PlayStation 4 and Switch. First of all, it's going to come in Japan only and then probably going to come to the West, but it's not coming on PC. And I told you this yesterday. This is the one time you won't see me crying for a <laughs> PC port. <laughs> it's fine. I'm okay. Yo, PC port? I think I'm fine. Oh, man. I remember I watched one of the animes that was in that universe and I liked it, but yeah, I'm not too well versed in a lot of the Tsukihime stuff, but I, I know of it, of course. And yeah, it would be dope if they if, watch that. Watch what they what they did is that a piece of blue glass moon. It has Melty in it, like the new Melty Blood is in that <laughs> video. <laughs> Wouldn't that be sick? Oh man, that's when I would really want a PC port. I'd be like, what? No PC port. <laughs> <laughs> they hit it in the game. You have to. You have to. You have to get one of the routes with the chick, and then you get the game. <laughs> oh man, that's uh. Yeah. You know, I wonder if this is going to be every time they put like Tsukihime or they put title colon something else. So this is Tsukihime colon a piece of blue glass moon. I wonder if it'll, it'll be like part one and then there will be Tsukihime colon a piece of red glass moon or something like that. They might just do that, man. You might be giving them ideas right now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think I talked to Broken about this the other day is I don't want a new Melty Blood, to be honest with you. I just want good netcode in the old one. I think the old one is godlike. I just want yeah, good netcode. I agree, man. I, I think I'm, I don't think the world's ready for a new Melty Blood. <laughs> <laughs> like, there is just so much you can do with uh, Melty Blood in that game. If anything, I wish more games were like Melty Blood. If anything, if they had more moons and all this type of stuff, I think they should learn from Melty Blood. A lot of games should. Yeah. Yeah, man. Because that game is it's something dude it, it's really good it's just you know the online is just if the online was good man i would definitely play that game because i was out you know i was having fun in the lab but like I, I don't like i think i mentioned it when i was playing you offline but like uh i don't really like the um the combo system man <laughs> well you're playing a really hard character when you pick satsuki and you try to do combos yeah she's really difficult to just pick up that might be it. I don't know. But I still don't like a combos. It's weird. You got DP motions in it and all that crap. I'm like, ah, oh, come on now. Yeah. Well, Satsuki specifically is not a character you just pick up. You have to dedicate a lot of time with her. But she's also really, really good. So once you master her, she does insane damage and she's hard to get away from. But I don't know. We'll keep an eye out. I think the Melty Blood trademark stuff may just be the Tsukihime remake thing, but... If not, I would definitely welcome, number one, I would welcome good netcode to the Steam port of Melty Blood, but I would also welcome a new Melty Blood if that's not the case. Uh, now we got game sales. So we had a bunch of game sales last week. I checked on all those dates, and I think the read for the game sales last week was like 15 minutes or 20 minutes. It was something insane. There were so many sales that we went over. All of those dates 
are still good. So if you want game sales, listen to episode 14 because there's nothing new and I didn't want to read them all over again. So <laughs> go to episode 14 <laughs> if you want sales. I think some of them end like January 5th is the soonest and some of them are after that. So you got you still have some time from the uh, recording of this specific episode. And now we got listener questions to wrap up the show. Uh, we'll start with little Joe Potfox on YouTube. He asks, what are some of the most manliest characters in fighting games that make hair grow on your chest and give you the urge to lift weights? <laughs> Personally, I think Ryu takes the cake. I mean, in Teppen, he fought a dragon from Monster Hunter while shirtless in a city on fire. By the way, <laughs> God bless you guys for the great commentary. BB tag trash talking. <laughs> I love how we're converting people to talking trash about BB Tech. <laughs> it's not that we're converting. We're, we're opening up the people that believed in it, but they didn't want to say nothing to hurt other yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're making it more mainstream to talk trash about that game so yeah. they feel more comfortable. Yeah, Yeah, because I know, like, yo, so low-key, I kind of didn't want to talk too much. I don't like doing that too much to a game when it first came out, but now I do it openly. But before, because it happened in Street Fighter Five, I didn't want to trash talk it too much, but I should have. I, I kind of did pretty much, but... With BB Tag, that was definitely just so. I feel like that that game was made to sell some units. So yeah, we're that game sucks, but yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, shout outs to Little Joe Pot Fox for uh, supporting Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Manly characters. I I know you're a big Ryu guy. Is he your definition of a manly character in in fighting games? Yeah, probably, man. He's he, he's kind of savage, man. I mean, I really like Ryu's idea because it's the road of the warrior. It's a guy that doesn't talk very much he goes about his business he don't really bug nobody he doing his thing you know what i mean he's going around fighting people i'd even put uh, uh haomaru he makes me think of a savage too man from mm. a showdown he's i think he's like a ronin so he just travels around as a swordsman pretty much the same kind of idea i can't think of anything i guess beowulf was kind of savage too yeah. So, you know, there's a, I think there's a lot of definitions because it's kind of a subjective of like manly. Yeah. Obviously you have little, little Joe Potfox definition of, you know, grow some hair on your chest. Mm -hmm. I would say the easy answer for me would probably pick like Paul Phoenix. Cause he's like a manly dude, yeah. but I'll give you a surprise pick. This is a different version of manly where it's just like, it's manly, but it's also a little more tame. It's Dudley from street fighter. Oh like, yeah. That oh, dude man. is just, he's classy. He's just the way he's got yeah, swagger, no. the way he walks. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. He, he's like, he's like, if there was ever a man that would steal my girlfriend, it would probably be him, man. He I'd be just, okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yo, he took my girl. And you know what? I'm I'm cool with it. But if it was Balrog, I have problems. Oh, no, like, no, no, hey, no, 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 no. <laughs> trash. You're supposed to go up, not down. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. At least Dudley yeah, gave you a rose. Yeah, man, he, he's really cool, dude. I love it when in Third Strike, they body people with the rose. Oh, mm -hmm. dude, I love that, man. Yeah. Number two, El Usario Perdido on YouTube asks, Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year to you, my friend. How far can you go in terms of being a good player without knowing frame data slash mechanics? Now, for example, a friend and I play Melty Blood Actress again, and we are used to playing together. Point is... I tried frame data, mechanics, and character specifics, even sometimes doing semi-optimal combos, and he just plays casually with me since it's a fun game and it comes from a visual novel that is getting, <laughs> hey, we just talked about that, and he finds it funny. 
the guy destroys me. Most of the time, <laughs> in, a, <laughs> in 100 games, he wins like 80. It started to get better after it, with it being more of a solid 40-60 split. But what I'm, ask, what I'm trying to ask is, is that some kind of luck and I'm being dumb, or can you really go further without understanding most of the system? It's a pretty loaded question, but it seems like he's trying to use frame data to win, and the other guy is just playing for fun and winning. And that's why I think he's not really understanding is like where I'm going wrong. Like he's trying to win by using things that are, you know, traditional in fighting games to use like optimal combos and character specific stuff, frame data. And the other guy is just not mashing, but you know, he's just playing. <laughs> you, gorilla. you basically, you out here getting beat by a gorilla, man. And you're the nerd. <laughs> that's what it is, man. So, the way it is pretty loaded, but I will say, so one of the big problems is you will probably get further if you continue going by things like frame data and mechanics, character specific stuff and optimal stuff. But the problem is, is that a big part of all those things, all those components come through execution. If you cannot execute all the things, you know, they're pretty much useless. It's kind of like having knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is just knowing things, but wisdom is the knowledge to use everything you get. So. In the case of your friend, he probably, if he's playing and he's beating you and he doesn't know much of that stuff, then he's playing based off what works on you and he's bodying you for those, those reasons. So he definitely knows how to beat you and he probably just has a good kind of instinctual way of playing the game. And then you're kind of trying to play it more of like, um, more of an objective look. In fighting games, that is kind of hard because like everything happens so quickly. So when you're trying to think, like all these angles and stuff homeboy's just hitting it and he's just pressing buttons he's not thinking of angles he's thinking of how do i open you up i'm just gonna go high oh you didn't block high you get whacked uh i think there is some really good utility but it really comes down to that execution man like if you're thinking too much especially when you're starting out frame data and all those things are useless man it's like i can beat somebody with one combo i don't need to know everything i just need to know one combo, how to go high, how to go low, and how to punish you out of many of those things. And that's all I need, man. It'll work. Once you start thinking too much, it can get in the way with performance. Because it's also like when, um, like, especially in high stakes situations, like in tournaments, a lot of people I seen, like I see there was this guy, right? I, I, this was this was the match, right? There's this guy, Cloud, right? This is this guy named Cloud. And he's the Skullgirls players, right? Cloud is very optimal very like i i definitely think he looks into frame data mechanics very specific i've played the guy he'll play super lame uh but he's very optimal super super optimal and then you have like sonic fox nine times out of ten sonic fox beats cloud a lot of times like there are times where cloud goes he he can kind of go even with him and there was even a tournament where he almost beat him but his nerves his his, his thinking all of these things got in the way of him and sonic fox is like i just gotta go faster I just, gotta, I just gotta go fast. I just gotta body him. I just gotta get better. And he made it so that the many things that he knows kind of goes out the window, especially in high stakes situations, because you have to think of all these extra things you're giving yourself. But then you have Sonic Fox, who's someone that plays off kind of feel. He's a feel based type of player. Mm -hmm. And he knows a lot of things. So he's able to utilize the frame that of the mechanics and specifics and semi-optimal stuff but he doesn't always use it because sometimes it's not worth going for that he goes for something that might be easier but it's more consistent because consistency is a bigger part to what you're getting at that's well said that's 
basically what I was going to insinuate. There's, there's two points that I want to make, though. You touched on one of them. You said just because you know frame data doesn't mean that it, if you can't apply it, that it's going to it's, it's useless, right? Like it's kind of like having a cookbook. It's great to have the recipe, but if you don't follow the directions, you're not going to get the the right result. So having everything in front of you is kind of useless. The uh, the other point, and I think you'll agree with me on this, frame data doesn't work, in in my opinion, in games like Skullgirls, TFH, uh -huh. Melty Blood, Persona. So certain games are too fast to use frame data on. Like, it just doesn't work because there's too many options, the speed of play is too fast, and it kind of goes out the window unless something is extremely positive or extremely negative. So you mm. really know that, okay, he just used that. Like an all-out attack, for example, in Persona. If you block that, you know you got some time to punish them with like a really good fatal counter. But if Kanji uses his 5A on you, you're just like, was that negative two or negative three? It doesn't matter because he's already mashing other things. Right. Or he just did a one more cancel. So Melty Blood, I don't think, is a very good example of using frame data. That game is too fast for that, man. It's just, it constantly goes. It's And Skullgirl, same thing. TFH. You start adding things like push blocking. Melty Blood has shielding, has instant blocking. It has too many defensive options to get rid of your frames, right? It also has, um, not only does it have counters, but it has evasion. So, mm -hmm. for, I mean, you, okay, you, you can't use frame data when somebody's going to shield and evade because the numbers are wrong. So mm -hmm. that's why it couldn't work. The that's other part true. is that frame data, I think, is really good for games that are a little slower in pace. I would assume that they work pretty well in Grand Blue Fantasy, Samurai Showdown, Tekken, when certain things like you have to know the frames of because you want to make sure you punish correctly or you understand your where you want to be as far as positioning. Because certain frames are different if they hit shallow or if they hit deep. So I think the slower games that allow you to react to that stuff, it comes more in handy. But games that are super fast, man, I just don't know what you can do about that. Like you just kind of have to just eat it and then, <laughs> you know, and then learn from experience instead of learning from the numbers. But you, you already touched on that. So I won't go too much deeper into that. And yeah, I, yeah. And that's also one thing. I, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned it too, though, because I was thinking that in the beginning, but it slipped my mind, but yeah, dude, games are a big thing. Like melty blood. That's too fast. When you're getting comboed in melty blood, you're already thinking of what you're doing next in those type of games. Especially, so for instance, in Skullgirls, when I'm getting hit, I'm thinking of what I'm going to do next. I'm already either holding down back, up back, I'm mashing, I'm doing something. So you're already doing something while you're getting hit so you can get ready for the next thing that happens. I mean, if if science and fighting games work for you, works for you, then yeah, go mm -hmm. at it. Just know that like not everything will work out the way the numbers say they will. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, whatever on YouTube asks oh yeah this is relating to last week because we talked about uh fighting game content creators when we gave the uh, fake awards to he says on the topic of new fighting game content creators check out clayton chapman i don't personally agree with everything he says but his knowledge about fighting games especially with guilty gear is awe-inspiring do you know who clayton chapman is i think i've seen his videos every once in a while i've seen some of his videos he's all right i mean dude that, dude, right. that dude cracks me up <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He does some silly stuff, man. Yeah, he does. The only thing I know of Clayton Chapman is that he used to do combo videos, right? And now yeah. he does like he just talks to the camera, which I find hilarious. But his what he's known for, at least more recently, 
is he's got beef with the yeah. uh, Rufal Monger. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I used to like listen to his streams of him talking beef or talking shit about Rufal Monger, and uh, I just found it so entertaining. It's just funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that dude. I think he like stole his videos or something like that, right? And then he didn't credit him. It was something like that. But, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, it was funny. I, I have seen him talk some smack about that guy, man. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a funny dude. I I haven't seen any of his videos in a long time, but uh, I know he used to do a bunch of combos combo videos back in the day. But uh, some of his rants are are pretty funny. So yeah, if if you like. Like FGC rants that are a little, <laughs> a little different. Uh, Clayton Chapman's a funny dude. Felonious Monk on Discord asks if you can have your own narrative on how the fighting game community views you, like how Tokido and F Champ are known as villains in their respective games. What role would you want to be in? We were kind of clowning on this question when it first came in in Discord. I was saying that the FGC doesn't even acknowledge my existence, so they couldn't view me anyway. <laughs> like, I was to say that, man. I, like, I don't think they know we exist, man. No. <laughs> but just for this exercise, I would say, I don't know if I would char characterize myself as a villain, but um, I wouldn't be a hero, that's for sure. <laughs> Bro. Well, it's just it's not my personality. I don't know, maybe like an anti-hero or uh, like an independent? I don't know. You know, like when they do the the good neutral, like chaotic neutral, oh, all yeah, that stuff. Chaotic lawful and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think I would probably be lawful neutral, where I wouldn't have any allegiances to anybody in this community. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what coast you're from, what game you play, I'll judge you the same way. So... <laughs> I I, I want to be the uh, the dude that's a savage, the savage that that he's like, oh man, you know about that dude Pringle? Yeah, man, he eats bolts, man. He <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that dude's nuts. I want people to sit next to me and think I'm freaking crazy, man. Play me, and they're like, oh, okay, this guy is nuts. Yeah, that's that's good. By the way, Tokido, I think he's become more of a hero now, not so much of a villain. Yeah, he's definitely F Champ is. F Champ is more villain, but then he's kind of like not really relevant anymore. So we don't really well, even he canceled himself. Yeah, he canceled himself. Yeah, but I do think Tokido has had like ever since he won Evo and then he had that Daigo first to ten. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's he's more like people see that he's human. <laughs> he's not yeah. a villain anymore. So, yeah, man, he definitely humanized himself. Yeah, a couple more here. Kite on Discord asks if you could make a crossover fighting game and could have any 10 characters from any fighting game, who would they be? This hypothetical game can be any type of fighting game, and the character will be made to work whether you want it to be 2D, tag, 3D, etc. And if you want to describe why you would pick them, like representation and style, as in charge, grappler, etc., representation by martial art, character looks, personal reason, etc., that's all fine. So... We kind of cheated here. Instead of us picking 10 each, we combined to make one game. I picked five characters. You picked five characters before we started the show. So I'll go over some of my picks, my five picks for this game, and I'll uh, explain briefly why I, I picked them. So my first pick is Vice from the King of Fighters franchise. The reason why I picked Vice is because, one, I really like her. I think she's a really cool character. The other part is that she's a grappler hybrid. It's one of my favorite archetypes in fighting games. I like traditional archetypes, but the mixed ones where you have like 
kind of like you described May, right? Where she's a rushdown monster, but she also has a command grab. Like, that's fun. <laughs> it doesn't happen too often, which is a shame. But I really like the grappler hybrid too, man. Yeah, they're, they're really cool characters. I really enjoy their style. And Vice is one of those characters where she gives me the option to play close by playing a, a grappler type heavy gameplay. But also she has some moves where it's like, hey, you want to play footsies? I can play footsies. So she's a fun character that way. We talked about her earlier, Satsuki. You played her, right? She's kind of difficult to play. Satsuki Yumizuka from Melty Blood is another grappler hybrid. She, I think she's one of the best grappler hybrids there is. She does a lot of damage, and she's different in the way that her command grabs don't do damage by themselves. Her command grabs ground you so she can combo you by mm-hmm. giving her plus frames. So that's why she's so fun is because the, the grab is not the end. The grab is the beginning, which is such a cool idea for a grappler. Yeah, man. The next one is Yunarukami from Persona 4 Arena. He's just an anime Shoto, right? So anime Shotos are the ones that instead of fighting with their fist, I mean, they do sometimes, but they just use a katana or a long blade, uh, some type of a sword. And I like that I like that archetype because it's it's well-rounded. Yunarukami is a good representation of that, so that's why I picked him. Doesn't he have a command grab too, man? Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> Why he got a command grab? Why not? Give me everything. (laughs) My fourth character is Akatsuki from Akatsuki Blitz Camp. And he's a traditional Shoto, right? So he has your uppercut, your hurricane kick, your fireball. He's got a pretty good grab game. He's everything that I want in a character, right? He's basically a faster version of Ryu. But he still plays that traditional kind of style but he's a little more offensively potent than what ryu is he's not he's not like offensive as what evil ryu is but he's somewhere in the middle which i really like and yeah. my last pick is just uh adon from street fighter and the reason why i picked him is because i really like uh pure muay, muay thai in fighting games and adon has all the things i want from a muay thai fighter he's got heavy kick that slaps it's so satisfying to do. Uh, he's got elbows. He's got knees. And I love the fact that he never comes out of his stance. So if you notice, his counterpart and Sagat, when he throws people, he comes out of his stance. When he does certain moves, he comes out of the Muay Thai stance where the one leg is up. Adon never does that. He's always in Muay Thai stance, which I love. It's a little it's a little detail. It's, it's pure Muay Thai. And I like the fact that he's always in that stance. It's just... It's fun for me. And uh, yeah, that's rounding up my five characters. I, I didn't know he was always in that stance either, man. That's actually pretty dope. That means that Adon has enough goddamn discipline to keep his stance up compared to Sagat putting his foot down. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Keep it up, damn it. So you went with, or rather, do you want to read your picks? Yeah, I'll go with mine. So I went with, uh, the first one I went with was from uh, GA from Persona 4 Ultimax. Rushdown, heavy, kung fu. <laughs> One thing I really like about her in uh, in P4 is that, um, you know what? I feel like I should have put Akihiko, but I'll stick with Chia anyways. <laughs> but what I really like about her is that, like, she is, like, someone extracted, extracted a kung fu character from every kung fu movie, and they just stuck it in her brain. And I really like that about her. She, like, always screaming out kung fu things, and her, like, her, um, her pressure is nuts, and She's just a really fast, really agile character that I, I like to use. Um, one of the few characters that I think with her, between her, Yukari, 
Rize, and I think that's really it is the characters that I would love to have gotten more into in P4U, but Chie was always for some reason the one that stuck with me for whatever reason. I got kind of comfortable with her, and her dash is like insanely fast, man. Oh mm-hmm. lord, she's, she's got some, and she got like she got like the uh, I think she has like what's the Bruce Lee kick where she flies up. I think yep. that's like a the dragon kick. specific. Yeah, and she even and her persona even has Kill Bill colors. I swear that's Kill Bill, right? You're like, well, actually, that's Bruce Lee, but yeah, Kill Bill too, I guess. Yeah. So I really like that persona. Yeah. So the second one I got is Philly from Skullgirls. She's like a rushdown Shoto hybrid. It's it's funny. Some people will say she's not really a Shoto. Uh, some will say Valentine is more of a Shoto in that game, but she still has the kind of like the fireball, which is like full screen. Well, not kind of full screen, but kind of uh kind of pretty much but it goes in like three different ranges too so she has a like one that goes far mid-screen and, and uh close and then she's just like really like just gummy man she could be it, I, sometimes if it wasn't like if if philia wasn't like in another game that would be great a game that didn't have push block i would love it good lord i would just be gorilla i'd be so gorilla man you would never get me off you freaking attached to your back man mm-hmm. but yeah she's really fun she's definitely i just use her solo in Skullgirls too so sometimes i use her in a team but she's really my character and i've really stuck with her for like the last two years i think two three years so for the third character i got may guilty gear she's just a gorilla man like i don't know like they they consider her a brawler but i don't even know what that means really Me i saw so yeah yeah, yeah. So, like, even in uh, Strive, they have her under, like, the brawler archetype. And I, I don't know who else they have under that archetype, but May is one of them. Maybe Soul. I don't know. But basically, she's really cool because she has charge motions. She has the ability to ride the dolphin, which grants her sometimes she can cancel out of the dolphin. So she could do these crazy cancel techniques where, like, the dolphin just vanishes and she's, like, super plus to do whatever she wants. She's so plus, I think that like it's actually hard to like command grab after you jump off the dolphin if you ride it and you cancel it. It's it's so weird. And she has a command grab which combos into she could uh, she can stun people a lot of times. And if she has the meter, she could go uh she could RC into uh uh red RC into like these really big damaging combos that take at least 50% plus health. Like for instance, anytime I fight chip, I'm like, yo, man, one hit. That's all I'm in my head. I'm like, just want to hit, man. Just got to catch him. Yeah, I just got to catch him, right? Exactly. Um, so she's really cool. Then we have for the fourth character, I have Mega Man from NBC. I, I love Mega Man. I, if I could, I'd play, I'd always play Mega Man in any Marvel game. Uh, but sadly, the newer ones, like in, uh, he's only been in one and two. And if you don't play him, if you're not playing those, then you only have him in. You don't really have him in the third one. In the third one, he's Zero, but then they have Mega Man X as a costume for Zero, but that's not Mega Man. That's Come on, man. That ain't run and shoot, man. Uh, that, that's not the lemon shooter, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here trying to shoot lemons all day, man. And then in, in MBCI, they t- they tra- they changed him into the, uh, the X variant, which is cool, but I played him a little bit, and the way it works is that he's kind of like a Wrecker character. Oh. Yeah, he's kind of like a Rekka character. He's still a zoning kind of character, but some of his moves connect through Rekkas, and I'm not too much of a fan of that. So I like, I remember I saw Justin Wong video, he was playing Mega Man in MVC2, and all he did was just jump and shoot, and I was like, that's what I want to do, man. That's all I want to do. <laughs> that's how I want to piss somebody off, man. 
And uh, for the last one, I picked Ryu because, you know, he's he's the base, man. He's the blueprint. I don't – that's like the manliest character for me sometimes, man, Ryu. And he's so fun. Like, in Street Fighter V, he's so much more fun in, in any Street Fighter, I think, than in, in, in five. In five, he's just so much fun. In four, he's like more of like a turtle. And in three, since you got Perry, is you know, his fire game is not as crazy. But man, in, in Street Fighter V, he's actually the most fun, which is weird because he is a lot of fun in that game. Yeah, right. Because it's like, yeah, I can play lame. Man. But like, see, if they would have, like, I think a big thing if they could have done in Street Fighter V is they would have allowed chip damage because then that would make zoning more of a threat. But it's like you zone, like you toss one fireball and they jump in on you and you eat a 30 to 50% damage combo. It's like, I don't want to shoot fireballs no more, man. <laughs> but if you could chip them down, that would have been great. It would have been like, that's what make uh, fireballs so scary in Street Fighter 4 and it made people have to jump, go in with like uh, dash uh, FADC and stuff like that. So they yeah, had you to would use, have to focus through them. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and, that, and I think that's what made zoning more... A legitimate thing but in five man it's not that good unless you're like minot yeah or like dawson but even dawson is a rushdown character in that game yeah that's what i'm saying like even dawson it's weird too because whenever i see dawson i feel like they're doing the most like they gotta be yoga flame yoga flame out here freaking on playing on crack man just they gotta keep them out they gotta pressure them once in a while they gotta do all this work whenever i see dawson players i'm like man that's a that looked like a nine to five job, man. That's looks stressful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's he is super fun though in, in Street Fighter Five. Ryu, that is. You know what I like doing when I play him is mm-hmm. I'll I'll use the uh, V trigger as a chain shift. <laughs> I'll so I'll wait for somebody to jump. I'll pop V trigger and uppercut them. Yeah. Oh, dude, people love doing that. Yeah, I like doing that a lot too, man. That's freaking. That's dope, man. Yeah, I like that. All righty, two more here. Your buddy Oblivious on Discord asks, "Do you think Tekken?" I love how Oblivious every time he asks something, it's always about Tekken. <laughs> uh, do you think Tekken would be worse if they brought back ceilings or any of the stages, stage designs, concepts from Tekken Four, minus the complete asymmetry some of them have? I was gonna say, dude, Tekken Four stages are messed up. Like, a lot of them are really <laughs> innovative because they have like the things that like break in the background stuff or in the foreground rather, like boulders and shit. And a lot of them are really cool, but some of them, like the mall, you can hide behind the stairs and shit. It's, it's like. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking a little bit through it. I mean, oh my lord, these are some big stages, man. They're huge too. That's the thing that, like, they're really innovative. That's I remember. I think that was like the first time they did such huge stages that uh, had a lot of like background in them. There weren't just stupid infinites, like just water or whatever or grass. Mm. But I mean, those stages, some of them are so stupid. Like, you can get stuck behind them. Like they're. There's like 45 degree angles on them. <laughs> They're all sorts of fucked up. There's a mall stage. Uh, yeah, you can hit people against a phone booth. What the hell am I seeing over here? <laughs> yeah, but his question was more so on ceilings and some of those other stage designs. I don't know. I think with some of the characters, I don't think ceilings would be great because they could like if you hit a counter hit electric. You're you're getting you're hitting the ceiling. <laughs> so <laughs> the voice <laughs> they bust through the top of the ceiling and then it the and then um uh, was it was the dude that can fly Jin or whatever Kazuma Kazuya dude yeah. flies to the top and it goes to the next level. 
<laughs> you know how it's like the opposite effect of smashing them down and breaking the floor and break the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, every time, every time either a devil gen or devil Kazia uses uh, Heaven's Gate, <laughs> you have to go up a floor. It takes your ass to the next ceiling, man. Yeah, or like the you know how like in the cartoons their head just gets stuck in the ceiling and their feet dangle. <laughs> yeah, that's what I oh it's like, it's like you just get ready to beat his head in. I don't know. I I don't think I would want those in a future tech, and I think just leave stages the way they are. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know, man. I I want that mall stage though. Let me hit you. <laughs> let me hit you. the phone booth though. <laughs> Yo, yo, let's get it. And they got an airport stage. Come on now, man. The the, the, the flight deck or whatever it's called. I don't know, man. It'd be interesting though. Like it'd be cool if there was like a uh, uh like one stage that was like that that you could that that you can't pick it through random, but you got to manually pick it instead. That would be pretty cool. That'd be funny as hell. I want to see some, but I don't think it would make Tekken any better. <laughs> no, yeah, Tekken needs to slow down on the craziness instead of adding more. <laughs> Yeah. All righty. Last question of the week comes from Sergeant Spancakes on Discord. He asks, what are three goals you have in 2021, at least one of which has to be fighting game related? So uh, Broken and I did our New Year's resolutions, and I think I covered most of mine, but I figured I'd leave this one for you because you haven't uh, brought up any fighting game New Year's resolution if you had any. Oh, okay. So I don't really believe in resolutions, man. I just, <laughs> I just keep striving and improving on whatever I'm trying to do. That's and fair. Make it a, a an ongoing thing. You know how some people are, man. They'd be like, "I'm gonna lose weight this this year." They hit the gym for a week and they never come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I think for me though, if for me it would just be like, I guess I want to keep training. I want to just be able to keep training definitely for this year. See how much stronger I can get. Um, keep just getting better relationship and, you know, uh, doing more of these, I guess I, I'd say it's hard to say three goals. I just keep doing what I'm doing and get better at it. I guess that's really what I would say. It'd be cool to keep doing uh, the podcast too, man. It's running for like a whole nother year, you know? Yeah. Do you have a fighting game related goal though for 2021? Not really, man. I don't know. Cause like right now I would say that, I just want to be able to enjoy them more. Like I want new and enjoyable games and I would like to be able to enjoy them more, but that's not really a goal. I can oh, say, man, you're leaving that, that to faith. <laughs> yeah. No, it's that just has to happen. So not really. No, I don't have one. I, it would be cool if that combo breaker does come back. I would like to have a goal where I at least go to a uh, major. That would be nice. Yeah. A lot of TBDs, but uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We got one more thing. Shout out of the week. And uh, Pringle, I don't know if you saw this in our Discord. Shout outs to the first ever FGC Hollywood get together. Uh, Jam and Zio met each other a few days ago. And they've been, I think they mostly Zio has planned this for a long time. And Jam finally succumbed to the peer pressure. <laughs> and he was like, fine, I'll come meet you. And uh, they played some fighting games, had some pizza. And I thought it was cool. They made uh, an FGC Hollywood connection in taiwan isn't that, isn't that crazy of all places our two taiwan representatives finally <laughs> yep. why haven't they come go watch it'd be funny man they like yeah man we live like right across the street from each other <laughs> i think they were like an hour away or maybe 45 minutes or so okay that makes sense and they got pizza that's how they did that's the true stuff right there man mm, i think he actually tagged me in some pizza I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah he probably did 
Yeah, that's uh, pretty dope. Yeah, it's really dope, and uh, it's cool that they made it happen. It's funny that uh, it happened in Taiwan first for FGC Hollywood. Obviously, when there is no uh, COVID, I would like eventually to have a bunch of FGC Hollywood people show up to a major, and we can all hang out, maybe even have some pizza. Yeah, man. Uh, that's I was just about to say that. That's what I would like to be able to do. I would like to have a good combo breaker or a good tournament experience that isn't just my locals. That would be nice. I guess that could be the goal for 2021, maybe. I don't know if that'll happen, though, if things opening up and stuff, but that would be nice. Like, good Lord, my experiences were horrible, man. <laughs> I'm just out here trying to have a good one. Right. We're going to have to work on that for you because you, really, <laughs> you really had some poor, <laughs> poor tournament experiences, unfortunately. Horrible ass experiences, dude. Yeah. Well, Pringle, happy new year, my friend. This was the first podcast of 2021. I appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, join FTC Hollywood Discord and come vote for our tournament. It's on January 23rd. So far, it's going to be plus R, but we don't know. So come vote. Come play. It'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Anyway, my name is Max Bleiser. That was Pringle the One, and this was FTC Hollywood. Appreciate everybody for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Take care, y'all.